Now, we can't talk about the gaming we did over the last week because actually we're recording this episode right on the tail end of the previous one. So, and you have no gaming immediately planned. Do you? Uh, no. So, yeah, in the next week, despite being off for a lot of it, I tried to set up an online Marvel tournament, which no one was interested in because I said it had to be played during the day, which would have been people working here and you guys all being asleep. So, oh. I wasn't hugely surprised that there wasn't a lot of interest. Um, and yeah, like I said, then the game I would have managed this Friday, it was the first time literally in six weeks that me and my two friends all said we can do the same day. Brian has COVID. So, so we can't, we can't do it. Now is your, is your COVID friend so sick that he couldn't join via? He could, but then it's like, you know, the fact that we can now, yeah, that would be awkward. And it's, it's nice okay. now that we can actually play in person. So I think it will just like, you know, Scott will come over and we'll just, I don't know what we'll do. Probably just play on the computer and cope. Well, my plan is still a holodeck adventure of, of, of Cyberpunk Red. That is my, uh, that is my plan. So have you looked at that? Because I think I, I remember being very, very excited earlier in 2020, which is ironic, of course, because Cyberpunk 2020, um, that we were going to get both cyberpunk red and cyberpunk 2077 uh, yeah 2077 is and the, then of course 2077 was meant to be out for my birthday in the summer and got delayed and it was meant to be out in september and got delayed and then it eventually came out in november and actually as much as everyone moaned about it i thought it was great and I had lots of fun with it um and then red was a similar thing i was like really excited but by the time that then finally came out i was a bit like eh, i'm not bothered now. <laughs> so if it it came out earlier in the year i was like really pumped for it I, you know what I want to do? I want to circle back to Red in a moment as part of the discussion of trying to solve your problem. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Red will not solve my problem. It will, it will probably not. <laughs> but I think it's worth mentioning in pursuit of that as we just kind of spiral around and not solve your problem. So, so yeah, there we are. That we're solving uh, your problem. At least, yeah. You, what is your problem? You have gaming in the next week, and I still don't. So, uh, this is a long ongoing problem. I'll, I'll break it down. So the, sh the short version is that in, in a week, right, it's a week today. In a week today is my birthday. And I was like, right, what do I want to do on my birthday? I'd like to actually come back and play more of my League of Legends game with my wife and my daughter. Now, every time I come back to this, I have the same problem, which is I cannot find a system that is that is the sweet spot of everything. And the problem is there's, there's too many things I'm trying to fit into one thing. So essentially I, I want something that I can create different League of Legends characters in. I know what I know what Mika and Annie's characters are like. They're actually relatively straightforward. One of them's a, a girl with like guns and some gadgets. She's super easy to do into almost any system. Um, Mika's character is this kind of like lion dude that came from a jungle and throws spears at people and pounces on thing and is generally quite unpleasant, in, including attacking her friend. Now, considering this is, you know, Mika's character attacking her daughter's character. Not, not very friendly, but anyway, she's very unfriendly. Um, so those characters are fine, but you know, there's lots of other weird characters in League of Legends. So they need to, I need to be able to cope, cope with things that can have, you know, androids and steampunk type stuff, but also people that can do wizard things. Um, and since most of these are NPCs, it doesn't, you know, it can be slemmy hand waved. Um, so I need a system that can cope with that, but also is crunchy enough that I don't get bored playing it. So like, you know, something, so, so something really simple, I would just get bored of and I'd play once I go, I don't want to play, I was just not interested. But it also can't be too complex that the two of them would be like, no, we don't understand what we're doing, like, you know, constantly. So um, there are games we've tried in the past where 
it's constantly me explaining how do you do that? And they're like, what do I do next? What do I roll? What do I have to roll? Which really slows the game down. So it needs to be something, you know, yeah. snappier and easier. They can look at a character sheet uh, and do it, but also there's got to be some crunch in there, otherwise I get bored. So the crunch could all be on the NPCs and the monsters and they could have a simple, that would work. Um, but I also quite, quite want something quite cinematic. So I've had this thing over the, like, the last couple of years where I'm like, what do I know? And I think the first time I came to this, well, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And in the end, uh, I think I went with I went with the easy option because there was some League of Legends stuff for Dungeons and Dragons, fifth edition. Um, I did that. I, I did I did fifth edition and then we did some stuff and it and it went it went fine. Um, and there's you know there's bonuses to that. I've I've got monster books. I could just throw in the monsters, um, but their their character weren't great. And then I found that someone had done a, a, like a it wasn't even a hack of D&D 5th edition. They'd ri- literally rewritten the entirety of 5th edition again, but put in League of Legends classes and races and everything else into it, but making it just crazy more complicated. And I tried that, but there were, there were so many layers that they'd put on top of it. It just, you know, it was worse than like sort of Pathfinder 1st edition. It was just bonkers complicated. And so they just had all of these abilities they weren't using. And in the end, it came down to, you know, Annie's just shooting people and Mika's like pouncing and clawing people or like throwing spears at people. And it was like, they had all these other abilities that they could track, like, you know, oh, I've done this damage and that builds up a stack. And then when my stack's this high, I can do another ability. And it was like, they didn't need any of that. So I kind of went, and again, so I was like, right, I'm going to go again. I'm going to look, I'm going to look for all these different systems. And I came back to the same thing again, right? If I do it in fifth edition, at least, they understand it because roll a d20 i made it more interesting because i basically switched out the static bonuses for for you know strength and dex and stuff with dice so like if you had a plus four instead of roll, adding plus four you rolled a, you added a d8 because i don't like one of the things i don't like about d20s i don't like the uh, i like i want a bell curve i don't yeah. like the i don't like the flat probability on a d20 so um i added in a, an extra dice so if make you know you roll a d uh, roll a plus four you add a d8 plus five is a D10, you know, six, a D12. After that, it gets complicated. Um, and actually, then then we got to a weird thing where Annie didn't like that because it was too complicated to work out what dice she's rolling because she was rolling like three dice. So, but Mika did. So we actually had a point, it didn't matter. Annie was using the set, normal plus five, plus sixes. Mika was using the, the dice mods, but that was working. But the thing I'd have with that is that it's kind of, it's both a blessing and a curse. Making adventure for D&D, I can make, balanced adventures but i feel i have to make balanced adventures so i'm looking right. through the monster manual i've got to find right this monster's this xp and this thing that, right, that, that adds to that and then right in the second encounter blah, blah, blah. uh and i don't mind a thing being all combat but it just like setting all up and then and also as they're starting to level up then the combats are starting to get you know longer and their damage isn't massively scaling so you know they're starting to fight monsters which are, you know they started off with there were monsters with 20 and 30 hit points but now they're they're 50 and they're 60 and 70. Right. And they're still not doing that much more damage. So it yeah. just gets drawn so the kind out. of things are just getting drawn out. So what you know, what I want is I, you know, I, I want something where I can make characters that can have lots of different characters can do lots of different things. But in combat isn't just I hit. So ideally something where there is an option of, you know, you've got different things you can do in combat other than I just use my standard attack. And there's a reason to do it. Um, so, you know, there's a reason to, oh, I'm going to do this particular attack or I'm going to do this particular attack. So ideally both a, a narrative and a mechanical reason to do different things, but there's displayed in a simple way. So they can go, I do this, which means I roll back. Um, cause that would be nice and easy for them. Um, but then there is also stuff for me. So like essentially also that I can knock up NPCs quickly, but they're not just a dice. 
That's yeah. that's 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 yeah. the problem. Remind me that this is you said you know League of Legends. This is uh, essentially supers, correct? Um, so ish, ish in the sense that the like the pool of champions are, are like just anything. Yeah. So like you've got you know there's plenty of characters that just have a bow. And some of them have a magic bow, or they have a gun. So yeah, you're 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 a uh, your green arrow slash you know Hawkeye people. But then yeah, at the other end, there's you know people from the nether world with that can stuck you into giant okay. axes. And then there's basically so there it's kind of like you're, you you it, it's there's a you'd call it like super the genre would be superheroes with other oddness. Yeah, it's kind of it. like it's like. It's, it's basically is like fantasy supers because the characters are yeah. so varied, but it is set in a relatively like some of the areas of the world, literally pirate area. And there's another one, which is steampunk town. And then there's okay. probably, you know, just knights and dragons. So it's the setting is fantasy, but the characters are, are pretty much straight up. They're straight up. Superheroes. Okay. What's interesting is it's, it, it sounds like at the root of this is that, and this is for players and GMs, uh, that the age old question of like, where's the balance between the, you know, complexity of the rules and, and quickness of the rules at the table. And that is so, that is so tough because on the one hand, you're right. Well, I mean, you're right on both hands, really streamlined, really simple rules that, and, and really simple streamlined rules tend to result in, things moving quickly at the table because yeah, you could be bogged down by a player who doesn't know what they want to do or players who don't, can't decide what they want to do in concert with one another, but the actual resolution of the rules or through the rules itself is simple and streamlined. Um, that's, you know, that's nice. That keeps things moving potentially, or it doesn't create this stumbling block to it. But on the other hand, the more streamlined it becomes, the less, variety there is the less baked in texture this is like one of the problems not like it is it's one of the problems that i ran into over time with uh, the gumshoe system which i i it it just felt flat as a pancake after a while because there was just so little variability in what the system could do and i realized that i mean like why why let's just even dispense with a die let's just sit around a table and and still tell stories to each other is kind of what I got to with, with gumshoe is just, and the other thing about gumshoe, this is kind of an aside, but I think that it, it, um, it actually incentivized and put the thumb on the scale toward narrative only play instead of in character speech, because no one says when you're automatically going to get all the information about uh, chemistry research. No one says, I'm going to go to the lab and I'm going to, you know, they don't describe it. They just say what I learn. <laughs> so gumshoe, uh, gumshoe, I think it incentivized that third person omniscient descriptive role playing instead of actually in your role role playing. And I like a combination of the two. And then the system was just so, there was so little to it that it, it over time, yeah, it was quick, but, um, but it didn't provide variety. Yeah. So tell me this, I mean, every time I do this, I have this, I have a spreadsheet I go back to, which I add in loads of things. And all, all that happens every time is I go back to this spreadsheet, I make the spreadsheet more complicated to 
pretty much give me the same bunch of answers. Like, are you assigning like ratings to games and asking the spreadsheet to spit out things for you? Uh, have you gone that far? Oh yeah, right. Let's have a let's just find the link and I'll just send you the link and then you can look at it while you're then like, why why do you do this yourself? And then you'll notice that I'm on like about the seventh version of one of the particular things and I've hidden all the other ones. You know, as you're, as you're looking at that up, I'll just say that the, the other issue is, you know, on the other end, the other extreme obviously is really detailed systems that provide supposedly tons and tons of texture and options and ideas and flavor. And that ends up slowing things down tremendously at the table because there's just too much to look up. And so I know that I had asked you uh, moving into this, is this uh, is this for a one-off or is this for something long-running? Yeah, um, because there are lots of things you can put up with for a three or four-hour session, but if you're going to keep coming back that, to it, that's a, a different. Yeah, animal. that was kind of the problem I'd had. That in the like doing D and D, it made certain things good. It made that like you know, I could say, look, when you've got so much money, you'll be able to afford the next gun. When you get to this, you'll be able to. But actually, they don't need more abilities. They're kind of it's like that classic like epic six version of D and D that actually they've kind of hit the level where they're kind of happy with how their character doing now. If they can get, you know, more cool magic stuff and meet new friends, that's all they need. They probably don't need more than that. Um, like they don't, what you're saying is the, the things that they have in their hands and the things that they work around, those could change for story and interest sake, but they don't need to become stronger. Yeah, like faster. yeah, they their their characters are probably fine in terms of what the characters can do, what they want, and like to so their goals and ambitions and things, you know. So like Annie probably does want to, to get more money because she understands she gets more money, she can buy more cool stuff, which might let her do more things, but it wouldn't be better things, it would just be different things. Right, um, right, I mean, right, right. Basically, Mika seems to be happy with how high a body count can get. Um so yeah, because that's, you know, she, she either does thievey character or killy character, and she's on killy character now. So, like, body, body <laughs> count you, is key. Have you considered, and you probably have, but I'll say it anyway, have you considered one of the slightly fluffier versions of T- 2 Die 20, like so John Carter? I, I have. Um, I'll get, I'll get, I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. I just want to go through something else first. So to help me with this, I haven't done my spreadsheets, which hadn't got me anywhere. I put, I put a po- initially I started with a post on Reddit and RPG net saying, um, which system can you generally create anything in? Cause there's lots of systems saying yeah. you can create anything. And then when you try and do it, you realize you can't. Uh, right. and of course that got me, you know, every, everything it got me, you know, but I even put in that, but I don't want something complicated. Um, and yet people still were suggesting champions and hero and GURPS to me. And it's like, okay, they're the most complicated systems that there are. So, you know, I don't know why that's being suggested. Um, but people suggest, you know, the usual, the fate and, and cortex powered by the apocalypse and so on. It's like, okay, fair enough. A couple of things I hadn't heard of, which was cool. And today I did a different one, which was which system had the most cinematic combat. Cause I thought, right, I've, I've basically, I've been suggested everything under the sun for where, what characters can do like every superhero game under the sun as well. I thought I'm not really getting anywhere with this. Everyone's everyone essentially the trouble with this, whenever, whenever you, you've probably never done it. You're more sensible than me. But every time you do a, which system would you recommend? Everyone said, everyone suggests their favorite system. Sure. So it because it's their favorite, it's their favorite system. system. So it doesn't work. You know, you still got I've got people suggesting me savage worlds and even things that you put in the post at the stop that says not these people will still suggest. They that. still suggest you that. Yeah. Like, um, and the which system has the most cinematic combat, which again was amusing because there were people still suggesting 
GURPS and Savage Worlds, which then started an argument between the people that say Savage Worlds is fast, furious, and fun, and the people that say, no, it's not. Um, and I'm sort of in the middle of that, so I can just... Well, you know, I, uh, uh, it's interesting, too, because I think in that... I'm looking at that thread right now that um, I think there's an issue that... Uh, what is, what's cinematic... Yeah. I think there's a general definition, but what is what it, what actually makes something cinematic or not? People have different yeah. views of that. I mean, I'd put I, it should be quick, exciting, flavorful, fun, and different, not just I hit it. And I gave examples of Seventh Sea and Feng Shui, which are the two most. I mean, Seventh Sea is just like the Errol Flynn simulator. Actually, I don't think I've ever seen an Errol Flynn film, but I know what Errol Flynn is meant to be. Oh, they're great. Captain Blood so, is outstanding. You know, Seventh Sea was the Errol Flynn simulator. Every every combat was, you know, swinging on chandeliers and then taking out yeah. mobs of people and then like getting the bad guy. It was amazing. Feng Shui is is like the Hong Kong action simulator. Again, it's good at doing that. Exalted should be good at combat. It bogs down. It's horrendous. Um, and so again, in this, I had loads and loads of different things. And so again, we had things like Wushu, which was all suggested for the other one, which is so bare bones that there's just, mm -hmm. there's not enough there. I want more. Um, and, but at the other end, people again were suggesting champions and GURPS and, and, you know, things which are like, Hey, this isn't quick. It's like, you know, but yeah, no, people not. did suggest in there at least did suggest 2d20. Um, and I said, well, the, the thing with 2d20 is actually, I think 2 we've had this conversation lots. I think 2d20 is very cinematic. But I think where it would fall down for, in this case, you know, a nine-year-old and, and my wife, who's probably played less than 10 role-playing games in her life, it would be the, would be the, the using the meta currencies. If it was, you're going to roll dice and here's what happens, you can now do some other stuff. That'd probably be fine. It would be the bit where, right, do you want to buy an extra dice? Do you want to buy two extra dice, three extra dice? What do you want to buy them with? Now, for an experienced player of just games, um, that's fine. Or like I said, in the case of my players, they just go, yeah, I'm having five dice. If I have enough momentum, they're coming out momentum. If I don't have enough momentum, it's coming out of the threat. Always five dice. So it's always yeah. five dice. So actually, they, that's how they cope with it. But I think for people who have never come across it, I think that's a very, very difficult thing to ask someone to deal with. Multiple meta currencies on both ends of the roll as well. Before you make the roll, do you want extra dice? After the roll, how right. are you going to spend the meta currency? So, as much as I absolutely love 2D20, that's where I think it's it's not the simplest. It's that little bit extra of difficult. So, even playing something like John Carter or, like I said, Dishonored, which is I think Dishonored actually is the simplest because um, Dishonored would have a very nice thing of right, what are you doing? Right, I want to shoot something. Okay, what are you doing? I'm going to be sneaky about it. Right, well, there you go. You're, you're using your, your sneaky or stealthy, I can't remember what the thing is, uh, and you're adding that to your, your shooting thing, and that's your stat. That's super straightforward, and that's a thing which there's another game I imagine might come up at some point which has that problem. Dishonored, for example, gets straight around that problem. What to roll is super obvious. It's the how many dice do I do? So it crossed my mind actually to to turn that around and and get rid of the how many dice I roll and change it, change how that worked. But then I mess I'm massively hacking 2D20, at which point now I'm doing a lot of extra work. You know, what I've done now, admittedly, I have done this with more experienced gamers. And so there's there's that that meta knowledge that helps regardless that's going to put someone who has played lots of different kinds of games in at an advantage compared to folks who are, you know, casual gamers at best. Uh, and you don't want to bury them in a bunch of, uh, a bunch of rules. 
I have, I've made my own uh, short menu cheat sheets of momentum spends before and after. And I limit the options intentionally to the things that I know will have the most impact, the most uh, flexibility, and that they're just obvious. Like, do you want to have a higher chance of being successful? Do this. <laughs> um, once you're successful, do you want to do you want to do it faster? Uh, do you want to know more? Do you want to knock? You know, I mean, it's just really like a list type stuff, um, and. So I have, I've made those as, uh, as cheat sheets. I just pass them around the table so that people have it right there in front of them. I mean, you could probably do that on a three by five card. Like here are the before the dice momentum spends, give them three options. Here are the after the dice momentum spends. And then once those, rather, if those become internalized and reflexive, then you can layer more on. But um, it was interesting, actually. I have played, I have run exactly two games for my wife and my younger daughter, too. Uh, and one of them was the first of the three adventures in the Star Trek Adventure starter box. And my daughter, who at the time was probably 12, uh, she picked it up right away. Hmm. And she picked up, I mean, she, she's swift. She picks up things really quickly, but she picked up momentum and spends and things like that, like, like that. Um, and, uh, and then my wife got it after seeing it in action. So I don't know, maybe, maybe if that would be, if that would help, um, because otherwise I think that, you know, your familiarity with the system and the flexibility of the system on their end, um, means that, you know, maybe put those two things together and you get the things that you want and they would be able to play the thing. <laughs> and then you've got heaps and heaps of, places and equipment and monsters and foes and stuff that you just reskin. Yeah. I think the other issue with 2D20 is that there isn't a thing for, we've said this previously, it, it hasn't got a massive amount of good rules for magic and not necessarily right. superpowers, but things, things like that. Now, Acton Cthulhu helps That's with true. that. Both Dishonored and John Carter do have things which are, I mean, if you actually look at John Carter, John Carter is essentially a superhuman. Yep. Um, He's like Superman, but human. He is. I mean, he, like he comes back down again, but he does. He can do the whole leap and tall buildings in a single bound, and probably running faster than a whatever it is freight truck. I can't remember. Um, but yeah, John Carter is basically Superman without the, the heat vision. Um, so they're actually, if you take some of the stuff, for, for example, talents. So the, the thing I really love about John Carter, I hate the adding two stats together; it's terrible. But the um, the, the the rules for character, for talent creation. Um, are great and there is rules in there for things like psychic powers and stuff dishonored again actually has rules for very limited powers well i say limited some of them are just the flat up teleportations so they're not that limited but they basically took things out of the computer game and wrote like three line descriptions of how those worked um which i was really the thing that bothers me about dishonored on the one hand i think it's the most streamlined straightforward thing but i wanted it to have loads more powers and they just went with these are the ones in the game and I was like, well, right. where's all the other cool stuff that I was just, like hoping I was going to get? Um, so, yeah, there is something there. I'm still, I'm like, mm, there's quite a lot of work for me to do. And I'm not 100% sure I'd get it. So, I'd de definitely, I know I like the system. So, that's a bonus. So, I was thinking, is there something that can let me make the characters and is something else? I suspect you've got other suggestions because 
Well, I, I don't have an answer to that question, although I shamelessly behind the screen reskin things left and right because nobody knows. Like we get all hung up on, you know, but that's a Klingon. You no, know, it's a hobgoblin. It's a hobgoblin in space. That's what a Klingon is. I'm really um, bad. I just, I don't do that. It's an, it's an Eberron. Like, actually, I, I ran an Eberron game a number of years ago where all I decided all the hobgoblins look like Klingons because that's basically what Eberron hobgoblins are. Anyway, um, here's my other suggestion. And, and this, this is based on very recent personal experience uncovering a, a, a small sliver of my gaming past. Um, and this stuff is all available unless you have it already, but it's all available for free online and free legally online. Like so you're not downloading I, someone's I literally profit. Know where you're going cool. with this, so good. Um, Marvel superheroes, the not the original, not the yellow box, not the advanced set, because yeah, there's a lot of neat stuff in that, but there's maybe just more than you need. But the revised basic edition, which, like I said, I'm going to be using in about a week and a half. You can find that at um, classicmarvelforever.com. And that is, I don't know if you've ever seen that before, but it is classicmarvelforever.com. And they have, it's all legal because apparently, I don't know all the details of it, but when TSR, TSR had lost the license or didn't, the license lapsed or anyway, Watsi Wizards of the Coast, when they bought D&D &D and they bought all the other stuff, the license for Marvel didn't come over. And so uh, I guess the mechanic is not owned by some oddity and the explanation is on the site, but basically it's, it's legal. They have all this stuff, they have bajillions of characters and places statted up using that Marvel face rip system, which is really simple. And one of the things I like about that system is that if you're going to play anything that, that smacks of supers, saying you have amazing strength immediately feels super. That person yeah. can give monstrous jumps, amazing, you know, whatever, remarkable. It just sounds super heroic. And, uh, and also the fact that you have the table, this is not just a pure percentile system. It's a percentile system that breaks down the results with a color-coded table that's really easy to read. I think the graphical nature of that would make communicating it to new players easy. And the fact that you're... Your success role also determines degree of success and amount of damage or whatever. You know, you, you don't just, it's not just like the, the 20 in, a, in, a, in 5e. You are determining not only success or failure, but degree of success or failure. And you have a color-coded table that tells you exactly what that looks like in the given circumstance. Um, and again, you have umpteen i mean they even have i think they, they even have like superman and stuff they have some dc stuff statted up in there which is kind of funny for for a marvel site but you know so they have it uh yeah they have marvel they have dark horse they got a bunch of different comics um they have batman if you want batman in in statted up in this or red robin or red robin hood or no sorry red hood whatever they have all that captain marvel shazam uh so that might be a place because a it's completely free there's a ridiculous amount of information and i think that the system itself is accessible and flexible i actually still have my it probably is the revised book 
box upstairs in the in the loft attic thing. Is it purple? No, it's yellow. I think I'm pretty sure it's yellow. The original box, the original one that came out was yellow. Yeah, mine. And it had the picture in the middle, then it had the big yellow boundary. And then they came out with the advanced set a couple of years later. That was the one that I had. And that was a full um, full front or full box uh, picture. It didn't have a border on it at all. And had a bunch of heroes like running towards you. And then they came out with the basic revised. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the one I've got. Yeah, this is, uh, it has a purple boundary on it and it is the basic set. And that's it. Yeah, I pray uh, that's I'm I'm like ninety percent sure that's the one I got. I'm pretty sure the box it came in was yellow, but that's the box. That's the I'm pretty. Yeah, sure I don't know what color book. the box was. I I I only have the two books for it: the campaign book and the 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 rule book. It's not called the battle book; it's the rule book. But it has full yeah. character creation rules that are a little less detailed than what you find in the advanced set. Which, by the way, and all that stuff is on that classic Marvel site. Um, but, uh, but it, it balances between the, I think the super simplicity and the accessibility of the original yellow one, which was really based around the assumption that you'll play existing heroes and the advanced set, which was more based around the idea that you'd probably make your own character, but you could play one of the heroes, um, but just added a lot more. It didn't make the game more complex. It just added more to it. But I think this one sits right in the middle, maybe even a little closer to the the easier version. So I don't know. Maybe that would be possibly could be. A lot of the times when I've brought this on the part, people have suggested supers games. And it's kind of like that's probably the easiest way of because it's about the only, t- only time you ever see where you can create anything. Um, but obviously, like supers go really well. You know, a really, and we've had this conversation before about different supers and issues with them. Um, yeah, so people keep suggesting, you know, the, the champions and GURPS at one end, and I'm just like, no, it's not happening. Um, and at the other end, there are you and I talked about the challenge of like the the higher powered the supers, the harder it is to make it work. Yeah, I mean, rules. luckily, I don't have to worry about that top end, so that's that's not an issue. Um, and at the lower end, people have suggested other things. Like I've played icons, and icons is it's like it's pretty cool, but it's like it's it doesn't seem that interesting in play. It's like you can make characters. That's it's it's, good. it's a lot of it is similar to the like the, the phase rip thing because you have sort of almost pretty much they copied the same stats, but it works on a much smaller scale, and it doesn't have the cool names. Um, and like mutants and mastermind, again, which people tell me like, oh, it's really easy, and I'm like, it's it's you know it's easy to play. But to make characters for that is is horrendous. Yeah. And, you know, like, no, it's not. Um, I mean, another one which I'm still is this is probably the closest one I got. To, the, I mean, the new Sentinel comics game I, I was really interested in, and I've got my book, and I tried making a character like yesterday. And at the second stage of character creation, it had already referred me to about five other different pages. And I was like, this is taking me forever. And it's still not giving me the character I was trying to make, even though I was using the constructed method. Now, the handy, the handy thing about this about this the, the this basic revised is or expand whatever they call it um is that you know if you have an idea hey I, i'd like to have a hero that can do x y and z okay you can just go through pick those powers you're done um if you wanted to roll something it has a random system if you wanted to put the tables out which there's like a page and a half of them it's really really uh concise you could just say look for inspiration I think a handy thing too with the uh, the chart based, the table based, you know, color coding for roles, you can just shift, you know, up and down on that that table. 
you want to give someone a bonus or a penalty just in the moment, it makes it really easy to modify. Then you're not dealing with modifiers that are that are fixed or static or modifiers that are dice. You just say, oh, that's just like two column shifts this way or that way or one or something like that. I also find it fun with that. Like I said, what, what I'm going to be using it for is a little bit of a, a, a cockeyed and, and fractured hero world. Um, just going and rolling up something completely random that might not make any sense at all and then trying to make sense of it. That that can be kind of fun too. I do love that table. Well, and you know what? The, the, I think that they, they did a really great job of, you know, way back 30 years ago with this thing of simplifying. They added... They added some uh, layers to it beyond what was in the original basic set, but they dialed back what I think for the most people is going to be an unnecessarily additional layer that they added with the advanced set. Not that the advanced set is bad. I just think for more like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not amateur, but uh, like casual players, this is, I think, perfect. Because it'll give them the flexibility, but it doesn't ask them to learn a whole lot. Yeah, I think it's definitely a, a good shout. I think the only other one that I'm even close at this point is is probably using the newer version of that is is using Marvel Heroic, which almost does what I want it to do. And actually, character creation wise, Marvel Heroic is spot on. It's I can you can just create anything you want. The issue I'd got, and which Marvel have that Marvel Marvel superheroes does not have it's a similar thing to the 2d20 it's that you roll your dice and then it's the picking your thing right which dice are what i've got to pick uh, which distinction am i using which which power am i yep. using or oh, how does this sfx work which other and it, it takes quite a while to actually piece all those together and it like while you're doing it it's kind of narrative and so i'm doing this in this way using the blah 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 but it's not quick and then after you've rolled right well do you want to spend plot points did you want to actually lower your distinction right. back to a D4 to gain an extra plot point? Um, and we played, tried playing Dragon Prince recently, which is from the new Cortex Prime. We'll be using a new Cortex Prime. Um, and, you know, it, it wasn't quick. It should have been quick and, and seemed like it's simple on paper. But well, that's because they used values. And I've, again, I've said previously that values are awkward. Um, so, yeah, Marvel Heroic may well be the way to go. And I am in the Facebook group, actually, which has all the cool new stuff that people put in. So like all the modern and up-to-date, uh, more modern characters that are not on here, um, I can probably find on online. stuff, Which is irrelevant because I'm not doing Marvel, I'm doing League of yeah. Legends. See, now I'm going to end up playing Marvel. <laughs> right. So all you need to do is find, okay, I need a I need a bad guy who flies and punches really hard. Okay, I can find that. Yeah, That's easy. I can find like uh, creation profiles or whatever. Yeah, see, I actually found Marvel Superheroic, the Margaret Weiss uh, Cortex one. I, I found that cumbersome at the table. I actually don't like Cortex's dice mechanic of this choosing dice and moving. And I don't, I don't, I, what, it, 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 to me, it, it, it did two things. It became fiddly and slightly complicated and therefore slowing at the table because it's not a traditional use of dice. You know, the, the way that you interact with the dice, you don't just roll them and say, okay, that's what I've got. You, you, there's a little more to it, which slowed people down. And, but at, for me, at least, it seemed like it, it actually didn't, much like fourth edition D&D, that just at the end of the day, every at-will power felt exactly the same, no matter who it came from. That's kind of how Cortex to me, like you, you swap out all these dice or you steal someone else's die. And you're like, at the end of the day, it, uh, this is much ado about nothing. I'm, I'm actually not a fan of that. Yeah, that was that the system. thing I found is that it, a lot of it, if you purely just relied on the dice, it got really samey really quickly. 
and people would they would i'm always going to use the same distinction and the same power uh and the same speciality to do everything i'm going to use that for both attacking and defense and then at that point it's like you might as well just here here's his three dh just roll them um the sfx was the things that made it different and it was the narrative thing you put on top of it but it's that thing you've you've got to stick this stuff on top to get it to work and if the on top layer um but again that was another one i'd I'd basically written into my create anything thing. And I'd said, look, I don't want, I'm not keen on Cortex because actually I feel if I'm, if I'm using Marvel Heroic, I can use Marvel Heroic. That's a game. Cortex Prime is a toolkit which lets you create a game. Um, he was like, yeah, but you know, but it's, it's really good. You can cover exactly what you want. I was like, yes, but at that point, if I'm picking my own stats and exactly how the resolution will work and all these other things, I'm basically writing my own game. Yes, I'm using someone else's framework. But I mean, like I've got my own, I could just use my own and the amount I'm going to have to write is pretty much, it's, it's still the same. So I'm not, yeah. No, it's yeah. just no point. So that's, it's close, but it's not quite there. So yeah, maybe I will go with Marvel Heroic, uh, Marvel Superheroes. That's my suggestion. Either that, or like I said, a squishy, I, I could, I can absolutely see where you're coming from with the, the two die 20 and the meta currencies as being a potential stumbling block. And you know, it's sometimes I think stumbling blocks like that, they're not real, but the problem is if people perceive them as being real, then they treat them as if they're real. And then it slows things down. They just don't buy in. If you make it easy, if people look at it and say, oh, that looks easy, that looks, then I can get to the fun. I can get to the fun quickly. And that's, that's another reason why I think that for me, at least, the Marvel superheroes is an easy one because uh, you can you can get to the fun quickly with a monstrous punch. And you know, actually, now I'm just thought I just thought about I had said earlier that I was going to circle back to and comment on Cyberpunk Red, and now I realize there's absolutely no reason for me to. <laughs> so I'm not going to. What were <laughs> what were you going to say about Cyberpunk? <laughs> Well, no, Cyberpunk's a really easy system. Um, And the original Cyberpunk 2020 was, is, I mean, if you still have the books, it's an, it is a, it's a pretty easy system to run. Combat can be, if everyone knows the basic combat rules and they know what they want to do, combat can be very quick and it's, it's deadly. Um, The Netrunner rules in, in 2020 were a hassle. And that's why I never allowed players to play Netrunners because it was like you were running two separate parties a party of one and a party of everybody else. Cyberpunk Red uh, improved Netrunners tremendously, making them a playable character within the party because they changed what Netspace looks like. Uh, The system itself, they streamlined a little bit. And I think combat, I've run it a few times as one-offs with people who had never played it before. And the combat is quick and it's still deadly. I'm a little bit... uh, I'm a little bit disappointed that they didn't take the last 20 some odd years of game design evolution into account. And there's nothing in the way of like a meta currency at all. There's no way for a character to push, you know, their, the drama, if you want to say that, like you can with momentum or threat, or even something as boneheaded as advantage in 5e. Uh, Cyberpunk Red doesn't offer that at all. However, as a bare-bones system, as a way of resolving combat and a way of incorporating things that push enable characters beyond normal physical limits cyberware um the the system presents some uh, you know possibilities but i think as a you would have to modify the heck out of that and do a ton of work by your on your own to to add things to make it superish unless you wanted to make it a really like street level low power supers game and then you would just replace 
you just use cyberware and say, well, that's I think your if I wanted supers uh, and that's magic type it. stuff and, and cyberpunk, there's a game that does that already that you don't like. <laughs> Stop it. Don't say it. You won't talk about that. You won't talk about that one uh, Star Trek series, and I won't talk about that one game that requires massive heaps of dice to be like a fountain of dice to be poured out on the table. I like massive heaps of dice. Yeah, it's funny. There's a there's a newish uh, superhero game called Prowlers and Paragons, which uh, that uses lots of d6s. And I started up a League of Legends character. This, and I was like, "Huh, oh, this this is pretty cool. That's really straightforward." And then I started starting my second character, and and I realized like it was going to be the same. It's like the first guy, his his main attack was going to be 12D. And then the next character, their main attack was also 12D. And then the next main character there. And I was like, oh, I could see what's happening here. They're just all the characters are going to end up like having a really similar dice profile. So it won't matter what you're doing. Again, it'll be a narrative thing, um, which would be like, oh, is this going to be? Well, that's tough because if there's not something that adds to it, like, oh, it's 12D and you're stuck, like, let's say it's, I don't know, like corrosive goo that you're, you know, shoot barfing at somebody. That's what your supervillain does. And you're glued to the ground for a round or two or three. Okay, that's different than just damage all yeah, by its I couldn't, I couldn't see, as well as things, you know, it's a system mastery thing. I mean, that's the kind of thing I do like about, say, Mutants and Mastermind. If I want to create a character, right, when they fire, it does this much damage, it's this accurate, it has this much of a glue thing. I can do that. Okay, it'll take me a couple of hours to do that, but I can knock that character up. Um, and in play, it's just rolling a D20, but then there's other things I don't like about that. But um, yeah. yeah, it is not it's not quick to do it. It's a lot. Of but for, time. but for a game, if you're looking for a game for more casual yes, gamers, a lot they can get involved, they can get into it quickly and then play it quickly so that hopefully they get interested and they want to continue playing. That's not the system. Definitely not. Well, here's what I'm interested in then. I'm interested in how you resolve this problem for your family. And then I'm curious, you said you were not going to be around for the next couple of weeks. Are you going on vacation? Next week, like I said, Thursday, which is the day we would record, is my birthday. And then um, and then yes, then I am away. We're going to we're going away to to Wales for two weeks. You're supposed to go on vacation. You're supposed when you're on vacation, you're supposed to be on vacation. You turn on your email, uh, uh, you're out of office kind of thing, and you don't respond to things. This isn't work though, so it's but yeah, I think so. I'll probably be, but we're like we've got such a backlog of episodes to upload. I think we'll be, uh, I think. Anywho, well, you have a good vacation and a good holiday, both those things, <laughs> and uh, and let me know how you resolve this uh, League of Legends uh, family game problem. Yeah, that's what I want to know when when I when we talk again. Cheers. Yeah, all day. Thank you so much for listening. You can visit our show's homepage at anchor.fm slash fluff and crunch. That's F-L-U-F-F-N-C-R-U-N-C-H. We would really appreciate feedback and reviews on whatever podcasting platform you're listening to this on. Thanks so much.